Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we're about three weeks into the school year here at Purdue. By now, most of you are realizing that this semester is not going to be as easy as you thought it was. To add to it, some of you who are away from home for the first time may be starting to feel a little homesick, a little lonesome. I can only imagine that these feelings uh, this year are amplified where we have to wear masks everywhere we go and have to be six feet away from everyone. It's really hard to make friends uh, during a pandemic. (laughs) It's easy to feel lonely during these days. I I definitely didn't have uh, pandemic measures uh, or difficulties when I started college. But I remember my freshman year at college pretty well. I remember I went through the initial excitement of meeting new friends. Uh, I'm, I'm most of the time outgoing. Uh, And for me, it was really exciting meeting all of these new people. But when the reality of the hard work set in, I started to miss home. And I got a little overwhelmed. I felt alone. Even though, even though I was surrounded by many people my age. I also remember my later years of college. I didn't end up graduating with my class because of work. I started my final year of college with very few of my best friends around. I ended my college years as I started them with feelings of loneliness. And this feeling of loneliness... It follows us through every stage of our lives. We can all feel misunderstood. We can all miss home. We can all feel alienated by the way that others treat us, sometimes in our own families. We can all get lonely. When we feel this way, we tend to think that we have little or a value, we're of little value or worth. But Jesus says in our gospel, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What does that mean? My friends, Jesus is saying, that you have angels in heaven pleading your case. Moreover, Jesus continues, the Son of Man came to save the lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go to find the one that went astray? Sin and depression both lead to separation and isolation. The devil, his job is to keep us away from God. His job is to keep us away from the church. That is his main goal. So he entices us with sin, and then after we do and then after we sin, 
he heaps shame upon us, saying, How could you do such a thing? You don't deserve to be with God. You definitely don't deserve to be at church. Or he says, Look, you've sinned. And those people, the people at church, they're going to hate you. If they knew what you did, they wouldn't watch you there. You're better than them anyway. They're so judgmental. And if you're suffering from depression, the devil wants you to think, the church can't help me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Besides, they're better off without me anyways. I don't have anything to offer them and they don't have anything to offer me. Nothing that I haven't heard before. So what's the point? But here's the thing. Sin is something that all of us deal with. You're not special. I deal with it too. All of us sin and all of us suffer some point of depression in this life. This life is not pain-free. It's not. It's hard. Both sin and depression seek to take you away from your God and your church. And we want to acknowledge this. But more than that, we want to see the Good Shepherd does not leave us alone in our isolation. He's coming to get us. He's coming to bring us home. Moreover, angels in heaven are pleading your case. What are they pleading? Are they pleading, look, his sin's not that bad. He's, he's not a bad guy. You know, she, you should see all the good stuff she does. No. Are they pleading the sickness of depression? Well, they're usually good, but this has been a tough time. No. The angels in heaven are pleading the blood of Jesus that was spilt out of God's love for you. Jesus' blood has paid for your sin. It has taken away the things that separate you from both God and man. Jesus' blood poured is God's love searching out each and every one of us lost sheep who have gone astray. And when his blood sprinkles our hearts in the waters of baptism, there is rejoicing in heaven. When you receive Jesus in those waters, your good shepherd, he rejoiced over you. More than the 99 that never went astray, and when you said, look, I'm going to darken the doors of the church. I've been away too long. There is rejoicing in heaven over the one who returns. If you feel alone this morning, know this. You have the God of all creation who has laid down everything to make you a part of His body, the church. And remember that His angels are pleading the blood of Jesus that was shed for you 
out of God the Father's love. And moreover, remember, God tells you to call him Father. Father. Abba, Father. You may feel alone, but remind your feelings of the reality that you are part of a royal priesthood that was purchased by the blood of your king. That is beautiful. Now you may be depressed, and we never want to take that lightly, especially in these days. Depression has led people to take their lives. Friends of, friends of mine have lost their life in what started out as depression. But remind yourself, your depression, that when things couldn't have seemed more bleak, as the soldiers rolled the stone in front of Jesus' grave, three days later, that stone was pushed back by the resurrected Lord. The cross may be a place of death, but it's the place where your sin, the things that enslaved you, that separated you, that isolated you, were killed and died. And the cross is also a reminder of just how much you are loved. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are not alone, even when we feel like it. In the Lord's Supper, we all partake of one body and one cup. And also, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That is, the saints who have gone before us. What a beautiful thing. None of us are alone if we are in Christ Jesus. We are individually members of one body. Now I wanted to start today's reading by reminding us of what we have in Jesus. That each one of us is like the one who left the 99 to be sought after. Each one of us has had Jesus seek us out individually. The means of grace, it touched your head in baptism. If not, God is calling you to those waters where it will touch your head individually. And we don't compare ourselves with others, arguing about who is the greatest, because we realize we're kind of all the same. Sure, we're individuals and we all have unique gifts that we bring to the table that God has endowed us with, but we're all part of the same body. We all contribute different things, but no one is greater than the next. Moreover, we are all sinners. We're all on equal level there too. And we all need the blood of Christ. We want to receive everyone as Jesus received us. And we want to care about those. We want to care about others. We do not want to tempt them. 
with things that separate us from God and others. Now this part of the, this, this part of the gospel, um, where it talks about tempting others, I want you to recognize that there are things that you have done that make, make it difficult for other people to say, yeah, I want to go to that church. There's been people that you've talked, talked with maybe at the, at, the, at the fast food line or the grocery store. Or, uh, there's people that you've talked with at work. There's things that you have done that would cause people to stumble. And this verse, this, this text is very clear. That is a severe thing. And also you, or people have done things to you that would make it hard for them to want to be a part, or make it hard for you to want to be a part of God's family. I'm always evaluating the way that I treat my kids. Always. Am I driving them away from the church when I get angry or upset? Am I doing this whole thing right? Thanks be to God, all of you who are here today, especially the students, but also the adults. Maybe your parents have done something right. But here's the thing. Tempting people away from God is serious, and any sin we do does that. And we want to keep sin away from our person, and we want to keep it away from our church. We want to confess it and denounce it when we find it in ourselves. We want to confess to others when we've hurt them. And we want to confess it when it peaks its ugly head in our church. For this reason, sin kills. It isolates, separates, and ultimately kills. We want to treat sin as serious as Jesus does in our gospel. He said if your hand or your foot caused you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the fire. Now no one's foot or no one's hand or eye has ever caused them to sin. Sin springs from a sinful heart. Matthew 15 shows we've all got it. And as we noted before, our sin separates us from God and others. It leads us to isolation and loneliness and ultimately death. And we don't want sin in our lives. No, instead of tempting the others to sin, we want to reach out to others with God's word. We want to be the hands and feet of the good shepherd Seeking them out and letting them know they don't, that they're not alone. They don't have to be alone. We want them to know that a king has died and rose to pay for the debt that isolates us. We want them to walk through the waters of rebirth where sin is drowned and dies. Where the millstones tied around the old Adam's neck and drops from us where a new man is delivered from his enemies to walk in newness of life. We want isolated individuals to be a part of the community that is Jesus' body. 
We want other sinners like us to receive Jesus' work of forgiveness so that they too would become a part of the church. We want to sit beside them at the family table, someday not six feet apart. But we want to be there together as we partake of the Lord's Supper. We want them to realize that they are not alone. They are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, just as we are. So today, if you're feeling alone and depressed, I want you to hear this. You're loved. You're loved. You are loved more than the entire world and all of its possessions, which Jesus turned down when he, in the temptation. You are loved more than God loved his own breath. For as he exhaled, exhaled his last breath, he in love paid for the debt that separated and isolated you from God and others. Moreover, if this knowledge of God's love for you gives you comfort, I pray that you will walk in peace as surpasses all understanding and love your neighbor as yourself. That people may see your good deeds and ultimately with you come to praise your Father who is in heaven. Remember that each person you meet, each person you meet, no matter if you meet them at the coffee shop, in your class, or wherever, every person you meet is a sheep that Jesus died to save, just like you. In the name of Jesus, amen.